Long, hard day. It's so good to see all of you here. I know uh, people had to get through traffic, but as I scan the audience, I'm excited to see so many wonderful, familiar faces. We are here to celebrate San Francisco. Fair on your hills. My city, fair as the queen of old. Supreme when her seventh hilled splendor. You, from your golden gate of gold. Facing the orient sunburst, swathed in the sunset gleams, throned in ultimate glory. You're a city of mist and a city of dreams. Welcome to the 10th anniversary of the closing ceremony, the Black History Celebration of San Francisco. Let's give yourselves a round of applause. We want you to feel inspired. We want you to feel uplifted. And we want you to feel curious about the history of this wonderful city by the bay and how black history is San Francisco history. We are celebrating the trailblazers. You know, people that came from San Francisco have been still coming from the gold rush era to World War II when tens of thousands of African-Americans, including my parents, came to San Francisco as part of the Great Migration. They came from the South. They came from cities to the Northwest, in the Midwest, in the West. They came for a better way of life. They came to celebrate their gifts. And by the end of World War II, the Fillmore District had earned the title of Harlem of the West. Now, although the numbers of African Americans have dwindled and have decreased in years, there is no way, no how, that we can erase the proud ancestors who made this city what it is today. No way. Tonight, we will embrace the many colors and hues of those ancestors because, you see, they left the stones behind. And many of us take for granted as we travel through the city, we don't know where those stones are led, but they are. Those stones are right there for us to see. And tonight, I'm going to bring out a few of them. Did you know we had trailblazers such as this amazing gentleman by the name of William Alexander Laysdorf. Yes. Aha, somebody knows who he was. He was a brother. And in the 1800s, he was one of the earliest African Americans to come to California. He was one of the founders of this city. Yes, a black man. There's a street named for him, and it's on this two-block alley between Montgomery and Sansom Street. And we often pronounce it wrong. I know I've been calling it Laysdorf for years. <laughs> but it's Liedesdorf. Let's say it together. Liedesdorf. Kind of sounds a little German, huh? Do you think they know he really was a brother? Anyway, we'll have to do a 23andMe later on. Yes. Those stones have been laid. If you go to 465 California Street, in 1857, there was a California Savings Land Association building. And Brenda, you ought to know about this. Where is Brenda at? Brenda, Miss Wells Fargo? It was called California Savings Land Association, but it's now called the Merchants Exchange Building. 
And that was the site of the very first African-American-owned bank in San Francisco. Its president, a brother, Henry Collins, was one of the wealthiest black leaders and owned lots of land in the city. There's a lot of city history around, and if I was a smart person, I'd get myself a van and do a San Francisco black history tour. You think it would work? There's a whole lot of flora and fauna to see right now. Yes, yes, yes. We're working on it. You know, COVID wreaked havoc on all of our cities, and COVID did a number on San Francisco and Oakland and all the nearby cities. But you know what? That wasn't the first time. Uh-uh. San Francisco was destroyed by fire, not once, not twice, but seven times in between 1849 and 1851. If you use your imagination, can you imagine the people there having to build the city all over again? Seven times. And each time the people rebuilt, they tried more and more methods and high-tech methods to prevent fire damage in the future. 1906 earthquake, once again. It happened in 1989 with the earthquake. But we've got to learn from our history and we need to learn from our disasters. Am I right about it? No? We just gonna let the city just mess up? We have to learn from our disasters and learn how those people had a mind to rebuild the city. We're not in a construction era, we're in a reconstruction era. And as soon as we accept that, we can work together to keep dreaming, keep innovating, keep creating, keep fighting, not one another, but keep fighting for this city and fighting to make it a better city in the future by looking at the history of our past. And African-Americans were right there in that history. So I'd like you to leave inspired tonight and ready to work because San Francisco has long been the inspiration for many people and they're still coming. A black woman came to the city back in the 40s. And in the 50s, she became the first cable car operator. She danced at the Purple Onion. Before moving to San Francisco, her name was Marguerite Ann Johnson. But once she came here, she realized she had to change her name. And if you close your eyes and allow this voice to speak to you, you will feel her spirit. Close your eyes and imagine. Human family. I note the obvious differences in the human family. Some of us are serious. Some thrive on comedy. Some declare their lives are lived as true profundity. And others claim they really live the real reality. The variety of our skin tones can confuse, bemuse, delight. Brown and pink and beige and purple, tan and blue and white. I've sailed upon the seven seas and stopped in every land. I've seen the wonders of the world, not yet one common man. I know 10,000 women called Jane and Mary Jane. I've not seen any two who really were the same. Mirror twins are different, although their features jibe, and lovers think quite different thoughts while lying side by side. We love and lose in China. We weep on England's moors and laugh and moan in Guinea 
and thrive on Spanish shores. We seek success in Finland, are born and die in Maine. In minor ways we differ, in major we're the same. I note the obvious differences between each sort and type, but we are more alike, my friends, than we are unalike. We are more alike, my friends, than we are unalike. We are more alike, my friends, than we are unalike. Wow. Maya Angelou, ladies and gentlemen. And in 1959, she joined Glide Memorial Church and made that her home. And here with us tonight, we have the Glide Memorial Ensemble. Please put your hands together for them as they come. All over me, I feel your presence. 
Ladies and gentlemen, the Glide Memorial Ensemble. Do you feel the spirit moving all over you? <laughs> all right. At this time, we're going to ask them to stay and help us sing. As all of you remain to stand, I ask you all to stand as we sing the Black National Anthem to lift every voice and sing. much. Give them another round of applause. Yeah. You make us proud to sing that anthem. Very, very proud to sing that anthem. It is truly a pleasure to serve as your mistress of ceremonies once again. I'd like to take a moment just to mention our real hosts of this event. Mayor London Breed, just give us a wave. Our state controller, Malia Cohen. 
Supervisor Shimon Walton. And new to the committee, our San Francisco District Attorney, Brooke Jenkins. It is their vision that we celebrate our small businesses and community involvement, of course, that's you. And we continue to celebrate those that make an impact in our city. So glad to see representatives from our fire department, our police department, and every agency here. It gives my heart joy to see you in a happy place, not in front of the press, not where you have to deal with all the stuff that we know you have to deal with, but you can come and celebrate with us because you very well are a part of our city's history too. Let's hear it for everyone, everyone that's here today that are working in the trenches to make our city a good city. And I can't believe I said our city because I'm from Oakland, but <laughs> since I've been here every year, I, they might not let me come back over the bridge, but honestly, I feel a very strong connection with all of our cities because we all are going through a lot and we all want the best for our families, for our businesses and for one another, don't we? Yeah. All righty. Our first artist is uh, going to celebrate here with us. Let's see if I got the right notes. Dum, da, da, dum, dum, dum. Yes. He's a hip-hop artist, an actor, an entrepreneur who includes the message of hope and social justice in everything he does. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Stunner O2. Stuntman O2. Thank you so much, ma'am. If y'all feeling good in here, let me get a oh yeah. Okay, so we came to celebrate unity in here. And my name is DJ West Coast. If you don't know who I am, my name is DJ West Coast. I'm Stunnerman O2's official DJ. We've been coming around. We've been going all through the Bay Area, all through the West Coast, spreading unity, love, positivity, and eating healthy. Stunnerman O2 has a song out right now called Eat a Salad. So we've been doing things like that. He has another song right now that's representing unity throughout all of San Francisco, and it's called Big Stepping. If you've been to a 49er game, if you've been to a warrior game, this young man right here has been one of those pioneers uh, in the community that's been able to push us forward into a new light. But I'm a young person and I see all of this beautiful success and entrepreneurship. I see a lot of my peers in here. I see a lot of people who might be older than me who can show me the way and it gives me hope for me and my friends. I'm 23 years old out here. Here. You know what I'm saying? So when I see people like the mayor and the chief of police, he, he we have the same, you know, skin color. He gives me hope that I can be more in this life than what they've put in front of us and how we've been shown to grow up. But enough about me. We here for Stunner Man 02. When I say steal, y'all say winning. Steal. Steal. When I say come, y'all say together. Come. Come. Everybody right now, I need y'all to get on your feet. I need y'all to make some noise. I need y'all to get excited one time. We have Stunnerman 02. DJ, can you drop the track one time for my people? Everybody get loud. Everybody stand up. Can y'all hear Everybody me? Everybody stand Come up. On. Let's go. Huh. 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 I'm, I'm big stepping. 4-5, homie, look like a bitch pressing. Huh. 
Francisco without Stunnerman 02 and still winning, man. Y'all make some noise for yourselves real quick. Before I leave, oh, I do want to do something very special, you know. Um, I don't know about y'all, but I love seeing all these beautiful people. Let me see my, take my glasses off so y'all can really see. And it's Joe Mixon. Oh, shoot. That's Joe. Oh, wait, run it back. He got to come bench that with me, too. Run it back. Run it back one time. Play it again. Joe Mixon, hold on! Hey! It's Joe Mixon! Hey! Come on, come on! Hey! Uh, huh! I'm big stepping. Let me see you hit your dance, Joe! Come on! Let me see you hit your dance! Come on! Ah! Uh, ah! Uh, come on! Hey! Hey! Uh, huh! I'm big stepping. Four, five, homie, look like. Uh, huh! Big weapon! Come on! Oh, you can cut it there, you can cut it there. Shout out, y'all make some noise with Joe Mixon. Hey, man. Hey, the Bengals finna become my favorite team. Shout out to Joe. But I ain't gonna keep y'all much longer. What I wanna do real quick, I know we got some high energy, but real quick, I wanna have a moment of silence. And this moment of silence is particularly for our black women. Cause unfortunately, our black women, they're treated the worst. They're talked down the worst. Unfortunately, people are pinning the shape of San Francisco on our mayor, and she's doing as best as she can. You know what I'm saying? They not, they not talking about all the other gentrification and uh, pushing people out that happened before her reign. So, you know, during Black History Month, let's have a moment, a moment of silence. If you lost a black woman in your life, if you've seen a black woman that's been hurt, if you've seen a black woman that's been talked down on, because they're not gonna tell you black women graduate college at the highest rates. Come on, now. Come on, Come on man. They're not gonna tell you 60% of successful Forbes 500 country, uh, Fortune 500 companies have a majority black women running it. They're not gonna tell y'all that. So real quick, if y'all could just close your eyes. Let's have a moment of silence in this moment of silence is gonna appreciate our black women. 
The way they talking about our black women, I'm begging them to stop it. Beauty in every shade from the light skin to chocolate. Try most of these flavors, say your preference, I can't knock it. But something about that chocolate, gotta keep one in my pocket. Divine, supple and elegant, glowing all that melanin. Underappreciated, even with constant embellishment. Waterfall, how you flow, ain't nothing wetted in. Navigate them seas, baby, something like Magellan did. First they say they made you, then they say they hate you. Culturally appropriate you, cause they man just wanna date you. Champion how you play it, no way they could equate you. Tom Brady allegations, but they can never deflate you. It's something about these black women, I loved them from the start. Fabulous in their essence, we can never be apart. Putting faith into them queens, put love into my heart. In order to see the light, I had to put faith in them true black queens. Y'all make some noise for our black women. I go by Stunnerman 02, and if you ever get down, look yourself in the mirror and say, we still winning! Yes! All right. Stunnerman 02, ladies and gentlemen. I like that, I like that a lot. I'm honored to now officially introduce our hosts who've been working hard in our community to make a difference. The first African-American woman and 45th mayor of the city and county of San Francisco, working to create a more equitable and just San Francisco, not just for black people, but for everybody. Please welcome the Honorable Mayor London Breed. Up next, we have the Chief Fiscal Officer of the world's fifth largest economy, primarily responsible for, to account for and protect the state's financial resources. Please welcome California State Controller Malia Cohen. <laughs> Proudly representing the San Francisco's 10th District, including Bayview Hunters Point, Potrero Hill, Dog Patch, Visitation Valley neighborhoods. Please, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands for Supervisor Shaman Walton. And new to our committee, serving as the 30th District Attorney of San Francisco. No stranger to the DA's office, seven years from 2014 to 2021, where she began doing misdemeanors, handling those cases, later served as a hate crime prosecutor, and we're proud to know that she is a trailblazer in our city. Please welcome San Francisco District Attorney, Brooke Jenkins. Yay! And she's a mom, too. <laughs> You guys look good tonight. How are you feeling? Well, listen, I want to just welcome you back one more time into the People's Palace. Welcome to San Francisco City Hall. I'm so happy to see you. I'm so glad you guys still continue to come out and to support this event. Did you know that this is the 10th anniversary 10 years, this, this event has been growing, and it hasn't been easy. But I want to recognize one woman in particular, Deanna Roberts, right here. You, come on up, 
Come up. This is the woman that pulls it all together. She's been with us nine out of the 10 years. Nine out of the 10 years. She's the one that helps us find the talent, put the program together, writes the program, does the advertising, you name it. So did you guys come to have a good time? All right, that's good. Because we got some history making acknowledgement to take care of first. First and foremost, I want you to recognize Mayor Bree. Because this woman, Now, I'm not campaigning because that would be illegal, but I'm just letting you know I'm voting for Mayor Breed. I'm not campaigning because that would be illegal. I'm just telling you what I'm going to do so that I hope that you will be inspired and know what to do, too. Now, I'm not campaigning, but there's also another race happening. I'm here to educate. I want you to know to, that you need to cut through the noise and I'm gonna make it easy for you. Brooke Jenkins is your, next, is your current district attorney and she will continue to be your district attorney. Mommy. I don't, that threw me off, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, so tonight is a cultural culmination of the African-American experience coupled with the African diaspora, paying attention to our history, paying attention to our four founders, and also paying careful attention to the future. There are a few people that I want to recognize. I need to recognize those that have been rocking with me from the beginning, and that is DJ Flash and Russell Gatewood. I also want to recognize Ms. Miranda, who's been emceeing us for a number of years. a heavy lift of recognizing all the folks. We've got electeds here. I want to recognize Supervisor Mandelman, Supervisor Dorsey, Supervisor Asha Safai was here. We've got a whole host of staff and commissioners. I want to uplift our chiefs, Chief Bill Scott. Stand up. Take a moment. Y'all keep Chief Scott on the top of your prayer list. You keep him up there on the top, right there next to your mother. And then I want to I want to uplift and recognize Chief of the Fire Department, Nee Nichols. Now you know this event would not be possible without our wonderful, thoughtful, and generous sponsors. Okay, I'm just making sure you guys are paying attention. I want to. I want to also recognize Kaiser Permanente, Price Waterhouse Coopers, Ernst & Young, and Comcast coming in at the top of the list. Meta, Giants, AT&T, Salesforce, UCSF, we see you. United Airlines, Lime Scooter, Black Citizen, Brookfield Properties, A&A Health Services, Bruce Agate, California Barrel Company, Alaska Airlines, and last but not least, Visa. 
then rounding out our list of distinguished folks joining us today is also Chief Sh Sheriff uh, Paul Miyamoto. Thank you. All right, who do you want to hear from next? Mayor Breed, you're up. All right, all right. Let's give it up for Controller Melia Cohen, the first black controller in the state of California. We making history here tonight. Let me just say how excited and proud I am to serve as mayor of such an extraordinary city full of amazing people, full of people that represent the resiliency of San Francisco, and that the heart of that resiliency is the African-American community. This, this year's three theme for Black History Month centers around the arts. And I want to take an opportunity to recognize Ralph Remington, who is the Director of Cultural Affairs for the city. Because fortunately for us, we continue to make sure that through our cultural equity grants and through grants for the arts that we are still investing in and telling those stories of African-American history makers, Maya Angelou, as was talked about before, the first African-American woman who rang those cable car bells when black people weren't even allowed to get on the cable car. When we celebrate Black History Month, it is a time to recognize and to reflect on our black history, even here in San Francisco because the discrimination that African-Americans face in order to get even the, th the four of these amazing leaders up here today into office represents a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. And I just want to call out a few names like Mary Helen Rogers and Nate Mason and Alex Pitcher and Eloise Westbrook and Espinola Jackson and Leroy King and so many trailblazers there are so many of those people, including my grandmother, Camelia Brown, who were just one generation removed from slavery. And they were the hopes of our, our ancestors as they migrated to California. And I look at what we are doing here in San Francisco today, and as Maya Angelou talks about the hopes and the dreams of the slave, it's about the ability for all of us to not only lead, but to come together and to work together and continue to build up our community in ways that lifts up everyone, not just some of us, not just I got mine and you worry about getting yours, is we got ours together. So as we celebrate our history and as tonight we have a good time too, after dealing with the global pandemic, after dealing with so many challenges in this city. I don't know about you, but I'm seeing and I'm feeling the change. I'm seeing and I'm feeling the excitement, and I am enjoying every single minute of it. So I want to take this opportunity, last but not least, to really recognize that while everyone else was talking about what they were going to do for the black community, Everybody else was talking about 
how they were going to give free this and free that. You know what we did in San Francisco? Cheryl Davis, you know what we did in San Francisco. Dr. Sai, you know what we did in San Francisco. Supervisor Walton, you know what we did in San Francisco. We created the Dream Keeper Initiative. Raise your hand if you benefited from the Dream Keeper Initiative. A $60 million annual investment in black businesses, black nonprofits, black artists, black children, black organizations, black home ownership, black opportunity, blackity black, black, black. So, they can come for me if they want to. They can continue to try to come for black people in the city if they want to. But this is why it is so important when we recognize our history in this city that we remember that because that was not so far away. Just like many of us are descendants of slaves, there are descendants of slave owners that are still very present in some instances. And just know that we got God on our side and we gonna continue to fight. And we gonna continue to lift up our voices. And I'm gonna continue to lead this city to the best of my ability to take care of all people and never, ever, ever apologize for representing the black community in the way that I do. Thank you. And I'm supposed to follow that. Say it loud. Say it loud. First of all, I just want to recognize all the beautiful people here today. Black people, give yourselves a hand tonight. Every year we have the opportunity to come together, and this is the most amazing celebration that we have in San Francisco. Always well attended. You always show up. And so I'm proud every last Wednesday of February to be here with all of you. I do want to just talk real quick, briefly, about the fact that black people are under attack in this city. And I don't care what your degree is. I don't care what your title is. I don't care what class you come from. When you look like us and you walk in a room, that is the first thing they see, period. So the more we all understand that as a collective, the better off we are all going to be as a community. History has been made on this stage. But this cannot be the end of us making history here in San Francisco. And so during Black History Month, during this celebration, I'm just going to leave with this. 
because we all need each other if we are going to affect any kind of change. And a spider by itself is a small bug that you can step and squash with one step. But several spiders together with the strength of each other, when they put their web together, they can tie up a lion. And that's what we have to be as black people. We have to be those spiders that could tie up a lion, and we have to be that black fist that we raise in the air so proudly all the time. Remember that as we go out here from day to day. Because this may be Black History Month, but we need each other 365 days a year. And actually, actually, in this case, 366. But I love and appreciate all of you. Happy Black History Month. Thank you so much for continuing to come out. I want to give a shout out to also Bruce Huey, who is another one of our sponsors. And I know Mayor London Breed acknowledged Director Cheryl Davis and acknowledged Dr. Saida Liatutufu Birch. But I just want to say thank you both so much for executing the vision and the work that we continue to do here in San Francisco. God bless. So, so here we go. I'm the newbie, as everybody knows. Um, and I got to say, I, I thought I was already having to follow in big shoes being the second black DA after our vice president. <laughs> but then I get tasked with going last <laughs> on stage tonight, um, followed by our incredible mayor, who appointed me to this position, and I will always be grateful. Because like she said, she doesn't just talk the talk, she walks the walk. And she gave this black woman the opportunity to serve this city. I'm following behind uh, one of the few fellow moms in elected office, Malia Cohen, who is obviously a trailblazer as the state's first black controller. and then being asked to speak behind a two-term member of the Board of Supervisors. So obviously, uh, it, I, again, I am here to work alongside the fellow leaders in this city to get San Francisco to where it needs to be. And I too have to shout out the other black leader in this city who I get to do this alongside, which is our police chief, Bill Scott. There aren't a lot of people who do these jobs not for themselves, but do it in service to others. And let me tell you, that's a man who does it in service to this city and has been the epitome of the way to do it the right way in a profession that we know has caused a lot of, a lot of damage in communities, but he has dedicated himself to being a prime example of how to do it the right way. And for that, he deserves every ounce of respect. But, and so again, uh, I come tonight just wanting to uplift. So much of my job is, is seen as negative. 
But what we are responsible for and what I stand alongside the mayor and Chief Scott each and every day to do is to keep communities in San Francisco safe, to keep our community safe, because so often we are forgotten. We are not portrayed as victims. We are portrayed as perpetrators, and that has to stop. That must stop. And so I come every day trying to bring a voice to victims who look like us, trying to make sure that our neighborhoods are represented at these tables, to make sure that our perspectives are heard. And hopefully we are setting an example for the next generation of leaders who are to come and giving them an image of where they can go and what they can be. So thank you. Mayor London Breed, Malia Cohen, Shimon Walton, and D.A. Jenkins. Thank you. Thank right. you. Not on. Let me stop talking. Just use my. Ladies and gentlemen, before we all leave the stage, I just want to take a moment to uplift and recognize the world-class warriors, because they are also incredible sponsors that have been with us for a number of years. And I also want to recognize Michael D. with the registry, who's been our media sponsor for the last 10 years, another black-owned business. Thank you to our home team, the Warriors. Thank you to our home team with the Giants. We are grateful. Keep winning, and we'll keep coming. All righty. Jesus, I'm getting in that picture. <laughs> I'm so glad she mentioned our sports teams. And, and up next, every time we drive past the um, Oracle Plaza and see that beautiful bronze statue, of Willie Mays, known as the Say Hey Kid. Yeah, the great Willie Mays, who I grew up watching, and I'm proud that that trailblazer is still with us. He has a wonderful scholarship courtesy of the San Francisco Giants. It's a Willie Mays Scholars. And uh, this is a special program of the Giants Community Fund. And because every year they award five scholars and they're inducted into the Willie Mays Scholars Hall of Fame, I call it. Uh, to here to tell us more about it is a representative from the, the Giants organization, as well as a recipient, Ricky Norris, a young lady who will tell us more about herself. So put your hands together for Ricky and the representative from the San Francisco Giants. Thank you. Thank you. Good evening. My name is Ricky Norris, and I am a senior at June Jordan School for Equity, and I am a Willie May Scholar. I would like to start off by saying thank you to Mayor London Breed and her team, Willie Mays. Oh, relax, okay. I'm nervous, y'all. Okay. <laughs> I would like to thank M Mayor London Breed and her team for allowing us to be here. 
I would also like to thank my college support team, Willie Mays, Alive and Free, Dr. Marshall, Ms. Estelle, 100% college prep, and of course, my parents. This opportunity means the world to me. This is a very big event, a little bit bigger than I expected, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> to have the opportunity to be invited to speak on the behalf of the Giants and Willie Mays is a feeling I cannot describe, no pressure at all. Normally I don't like to talk about myself, but I guess that's why I'm here, so. Both of my parents were born and raised in Bayview, as was I. I attended schools inside the Fillmore, Mission, and Bayview District, and now the Excelsior. That sounds like a lot of neighborhoods. But my parents wanted to make sure that I always felt safe in my city. Education was not my top priority, yet somehow, even during COVID, I ended up on the honor roll and the African-American honor roll all four years of high school. I graduate in 2024 and I will be attending a four-year university outside of California. Majoring in psychology and sociology, my goal is to become a teen therapist. COVID has shown me in crisis, teens and youth are often abandoned and left alone to deal with their life on their own. I strongly believe that growing up, we need adults besides our parents and guardians to keep us and help us to navigate us through life and trauma. With that being said, the future is what you make it. As a result of hard work, lots of anxiety, a great support team, and my community, I am proud to say that I have been accepted to 12 four-year universities around the United States. The Willie Mays Scholarship Program has made achieving my career not only a dream, but a reality. I was inducted as a Willie Mays Scholar my junior year of high school. The Willie Mays Scholarship Program helps support African-American students who want to attend, and to attend college and achieve a career and educational goals. Before the scholarship, I have to be honest, I knew nothing about baseball. Not a thing, not a home run, nothing. Since I've been a Willie Mays Scholar, I still don't care, but I totally understand the sacrifice Willie Mays have made, the sacrifice Willie Mays have made and what he meant you must be dedicated to your sport. I'm not good at sports, but I am good at cheering. The Giant Community Fund supports each scholar in a way that meets their individual need and they will make sure, they make sure that we are all dedicated to our sport, aka our academics. Being a Willie Mae Scholar has impacted my life with regard to the way I think and feel about the role of my community and the sacrifices made by our ancestors. This program is a support, the pro, thanks to this program and thank, and to, and the support of my community, I will be a strong leader. I will continue to rise. I will be an impactful role model for my community. I will remember how I feel in this exact moment and share this with my peers. This is a lot coming from a 17-year-old, but I know 
that I recognize that this is important to me because many youth in the neighborhood will be limited based off their skin color, where they come from, how they talk, how they walk, how they dress. And I want to make sure the black community know that we are more than a statistic and that we can achieve more if we put our mind to it. And nothing is, imp nothing is impossible when you are spiritually grounded. Before I leave you today, I would like to take the opportunity to thank Mayor London Breed and her staff and the community for not only giving me this opportunity to share my experience, but also to thank them for honoring Willie Mays, not only as a baseball player, but as an African-American legend, hero, and educational advocate. I truly believe that by acknowledging Willie Mays with his own day is a great way to show appreciation for someone who paved the way and continues to, to who continues to give back for someone, who continues to give back for the youth Despise, despite the dis modern disparity and discrimination. This tribute is a formal way to bring awareness to an extraordinary man for all he has done to support the youth in and outside of baseball. To ensure the youth in our communities thrive academically, financially, and most of all, spiritually. To close out, we have something to present the city of San Francisco. For I'm getting in trouble, y'all, sorry. I got carried away. First, we want to thank the city. We want to thank the city for welcoming our Say Hey Kid with open arms and to you, Madam Lon Mayor London Breed, for honoring Willie and supporting Willie May scholars like myself. I'd like to present this, this San Francisco Sea Lion Negroes League jersey, and of course, we added a Willie May scholar patch too. Thank you. Let's hear it, ladies and gentlemen, more time for Ricky Norris. When she says a 17-year-old like me, you know, the idea that we talked about the people in our past, but she represents our future. And wherever you go, whatever one of those 12 colleges she chooses, she takes San Francisco with her, doesn't she, as a Willie Mays scholar. Let's hear it one more time for Ricky. We have to continue to encourage our young people. She might not be an athlete, but she truly has the heart of an athlete, and those hearts beat strong. Up next, our next expression will be through song and poetry, and we're proud to uh, have a tremendously creative force with us whose art and activism are intertwined. We're happy to have her in my city as a current teaching artist in residence at the Oakland School for the Arts. And along with her is a wonderful MC. She's a poet, one's an MC. Together they are to do a tribute to Maya Angelou, Valerie Trout, and Nazila Jameson. Please welcome them as they come in their own way. Have you ever thought of the prayer that brought you to this day? 
Or the magnet that has seemed to pull us along the way. I am my ancestors' wildest dreams. I am the song they could not see. I am the hope. I am the love. I am the the laughter and you see and reverence and shine, warm and rich and colossal. It is within and without, shadows and starlight, reborn and eternal. Black woman is the philosophy of the world, not countries or kingdoms and kings, but earth and oceans and oxygen, that of nurtured trees and unfathomable roots. Our tears directly connect to the ocean. Our hearts beat African drum rhythms in time to our footsteps, the sway of our hips. Our laughter is the song of resounding thunder, of defying the odds and stereotypes, of hope and praise and embracing the rain, honoring the soil from which we came. Do you see us? Mighty ebony mountain range dense, majestic forest. Black women are diamond mine. Brilliant, multifaceted fortitude. Backs built for bearing the weight of time and survival. Star bright smiles to light the way home. Through tribulation and infinite night. Arms offering comfort and healing. Head upright and sturdy for the crown. We will be as our ancestors once were and are still, grounded in resilient history, generationally strong. Just as the earth, we have birthed babies and buried elders, weathered storms and endured the whims of men. What bends cannot be broken. What is divine cannot be undone. The philosophy of the world is eternal existence. It is never being finished in spite of everyone and everything. It is black women, unwavering and perpetually rising. Valerie Trout, Nazila Jameson, a tribute to Dr. Maya Angelou. Still we rise. Mark the date September 19th on your calendar or in front of our San Francisco library. They are unveiling a beautiful tribute, a monument to Dr. Maya Angelou called a monument to Dr. Maya Angelou, a phenomenal woman. And it will be a nine foot bronze book 
with her face on the cover of the book. So they will be unveiling that on the corner, of course, Larkin Street entrance of the San Francisco Library on September 19th at 11 a.m. This is a very special city to Dr. Maya Angelou, and we are not banning books here in San Francisco. She was a lover of writing, a poet laureate, an activist, and uh, no matter where I roam, I'm proud of that fact about the city by the bay and our entire, step, our entire state. We are not banning any books. We're not banning any authors. We don't shut people out. We welcome them, no matter what they look like, who they sleep with, how they walk, how they talk, how much they have in their pockets. People are still coming to San Francisco Bay Area, and they're looking for something. We hope they can find it. We can't leave technology out as we're thinking about trailblazers. And tonight, we're blessed and lucky to have someone who is steeped in the area of technology, and we're proud that she is in the room. At Salesforce, her roles have spanned from developer to technical trainer to consultant and now senior vice president. She's an author, a host of the award-winning series, Leading Through Change. Let's hear it for Salesforce Senior VP, Trailblazer Leah McGowan-Hare. Wow, wow, wow. I tell you, the show is so engaging, I forgot I was coming up here. So I'm like, yes, sister, yes. And they're like, ma'am, you need to get ready to come up. So I was like, oh, OK, I forgot. Um, thank you so much. I'm here to share with you and integrate into the conversation technology, because it's something we can't forget about and something that is a must that we must talk about. And you know, tonight, as we saw these amazing performance, and I saw backstage the young dancers getting ready to perform, it made me reminisce on my youth. See, before I started in my technical journey, I embarked as a dancer. Yeah, I know, surprise, right? No, I was a dancer. See, I grew up with shows like Fame, watching Alvin Ailey, Dance Theater Harlem, and it was so powerful to see myself represented on those stages doing our storytelling, and it was so inspirational to me and spoke to my spirit. So I figured, that's what I'm gonna be, that's what I'm gonna do. So I remember sharing with my father, Professor Dewey McGowan, that I was going to major in dance. Now, any parents in here that are paying for kids' education, you know how that feels. Well, his smile was both encouraging and wise. And he said, Leah Beth, you possess numerous talents. You excel in dance, and you're great in math, science, and computer programming. See, by then, I had already been coding. I started at the age of 12, thanks to the foresight of my father, who introduced me into the technology world. And these words that he said, and I want you to hear this clearly, he said to me, while you find yourself represented in the dance world, 
Remember, you have potential to thrive in any field you choose. And this is what really stuck with me. Don't put yourself in a box, even if the rest of the world tries to. Let me say it again for the people in the back talking over there. Okay? Okay? Don't put yourself in a box, even if the rest of the world tries to. So when I embarked into this technology world, because needless to say, I ended up getting a computer science degree and I got a minor in African-American study, dance and theater. And it's that sentiment that I want to bring to here today, is that our presence in tech space is very significant, but I want to see more representation. I am often reminded, I do lots of panels and I do lots of talks, and I'm often reminded that I am part of the 3% of African-American women in tech. And when people present that to me, I cringe, and I challenge them to reframe that. I say the fact that I'm here represents the infinite possibility. I don't subscribe to lack or limitation. I subscribe to abundance. And I want our youth to know that it may be 3%, but like I said, I'm here, anything is possible. So we, we're gonna give a little history. I'm gonna stay on theme with everybody else. I got a little history. So if you wanna, if you feel in, you know, inspired to take some notes, go on and pull out your phone. All right. Listen, we've been in this tech space for a minute. Our history bears testament. We've been pivotal figures in this space since the 1800s. Granville T. Wood, who had over 60 patents for his work in electrical engineer. Yep, somebody was like, yes, I know. You know Granville, you get an A on the test. His uh, contributions helped the advancement of technology, of, tech, of transportation. And then there was Sarah Good. She was the first African-American woman to be known to have a U.S. patent for her invention of the folding cabinet bed. So the next time you're at your relative's house pulling out the pull-out bed that you got to sleep on, Give a little shout out to Sarah Good, because she did good. Now, these are just small glimpses of our rich heritage. And honestly, I don't have to reach that far back, nor do I have to go across the waters. Let's just take a moment and look here in our local community. We find luminaries such as Roy Clay Sr. Yes, give it up for Roy Clay Sr., revered as the godfather of Silicon Valley, an American computer scientist and inventor. He was the founding member of the computer division at Hewitt Packard, HP. He wrote the software program for the HP 2116A, the first computer to be sold by HP. Now, I'm not going to geek out on y'all because I can go there. But some of y'all already seem like, oh, what? Okay, it was the first computer, y'all, okay? And what about Miss Kimberly Bryant, the founder of Black Girls Code? Yes. She may not be known for inventing a specific technology, but she 
was the inventor of inventors. Her work was empowering and educating young black girls in technology and had a profound impact on the industry, helping to build the generation of technologists and our next generation of inventors. And let's talk about San Francisco, since everybody wants to talk about San Francisco tonight. Yes, San Francisco stands at the forefront of technological innovation, exemplified by our leadership in the autonomous vehicle testing and deployment. I know y'all seen them go around, the waywards, the waywards. Now this isn't by chance. You can't be a city that's leading in technology by happen chance, right? It takes a leader that understands the powerful transformation of technology and who's not afraid of it and who understands that we must embrace it rather than retreat from these advancements. Leaders like our fearless leader, Mayor London Breed. And you know, I have witnessed over my 25 plus years, doesn't matter, long time in the tech space. I've been in this space for a long time and something that I have witnessed the evolution of is the intersection between arts and technology. Oftentimes people think of them as separate, they are not. See, it has expanded and has grown significantly. Now, when I started, there was no such thing as a UX designer. And for those, a UX designer is somebody who designs that interface. You see that little phone you're on all the time and how things are easy to point? That's an interface, right? So I didn't have that when I was coming up. So that was very important. We now need creatives for those, digital arts. And now with the coming of AI and machine learning, we have programs that can generate poetry, writings, music, and yes, even dance. So with this rapidly evolving technology landscape, I have to, you all to understand, it is imperative that we not just be consumers of the tech, but we seek to be creators of the technology. Let's not shy away from these opportunity it presents. Instead, let's run toward this technology. We must be part of this conversation. We must. So our voices are heard and our perceptions and our representation in these innovations. This is the only way that we can ensure technologies developed are equitable, serving the masses rather than a select few. So, let us not be wallflowers watching the technology go by, but let us be the choreographers of the next chapter. All right? Thank you. You know, there's a lot to be said about what happens at home and what sort of encouragement you get from home. And um, I was just speaking to a, a group of people on Sunday about black history and not, it not being in schools. I went to Oakland schools. I went to Bay Area schools. I went to San Francisco State. And I learned more about my history at home 
and in my churches and in my communities. But we need to change the way books are being written to include. So when you tell people about these stories like Mr. Granville and all these other names, did it have to take a movie on a screen to realize about those hidden figures? They're real people. They're in books. We need to include them, not just for black folks, so that everybody knows. We didn't just come here in chains and stay in chains. We fought so hard to make something of our children to the next generation. I am the hope of the slave, and I never forget it every day. So modern technology and art has come together in a way, for me personally, I'm no longer on the radio here in San Francisco, but if you happen to go to, I'm in my pajamas every day in my home studio, technology has given me the ability to be right there on ABC TV Arizona and tell folks about the news. And at the same time, I'm on in Florida, a place that I wouldn't want to move to, but I'm on the air there doing middays in every city, people wonder, do you live in Atlanta? No, I'm right here because I love the Bay Area. However, I had to learn the technology to have it in my home so I could work smart. DJs and stuff used to move to all these cities? Uh-uh, not with my generation. And I was so glad that the technology was right here in San Francisco that gave me the ability to be on the air and on TV with this little gadget that's no bigger than this. So it is, it's important for us to embrace technology. Let's jump to music. This guy has been uh, playing the violin for a number of years and coming to us and it's by popular demand because he gives us joy. He plays from his heart and his distinctive sound arises from his 1822 violin concert called Isabella. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage, Kippy Marks.
works, ladies and gentlemen, and Isabella. <laughs> Our next expression, because we're getting down to the end of the program. Have you enjoyed it thus far? Yeah? All right. We're moving on with the expression of dance, and this type is called majorette dance. It's not a technical style of dance, but the dancers do train in multiple styles, technique. They're not short on commitment, full of determination, dedication, of community, self-awareness, confidence is their approach. And we're asking everyone if you could move aside because we're short on space this year. Ladies and gentlemen, they're coming in their own very special way. Put your hands together for Heat Dance Line. shame. I rise up from a past that is rooted in pain. I rise. I'm a black ocean leaping and wide, welling and swelling I bear in the tide, leaving behind nights of terror and fear. I rise into a daybreak that is wondrously clear. I rise, bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave. I am the dream and the hope of the slave. I Southern trees Barren strange fruit Blood on the leaves And blood at the roots Black bodies swinging in the southern breeze. Strange fruit. Something strange happening. <clears throat> From the poplar trees. From the poplar trees. <laughs> you could have been somebody. We could have uh, been somebody. Was it on the first party when we tried our first smiling?
particular spoken word artist is Grammy nominated. By the way, there is an echo in this room and there's a triple echo from the folks that are talking really loud. I know you're happy to see one another, but when you talk, I can't hear myself. Thank you. 
He's a Grammy-nominated artist, Best Spoken Word Poetry Album with the 66th Annual Grammy Awards, featured on five seasons of TV One's Verses and Flow, and has toured with Jill Scott. Please welcome Prentice Powell. Good evening. We'll try that again. Good evening. Good evening. My name is Prentice Powell. I represent Oakland, California. Yay! My time. Sorry. I am uh, the son of Darlene Powell, husband to Sarai Powell, father to Justice, Tahir, Anaya, and Shai Powell. I am one-third of a podcast called All Black Men Need Therapy, which is currently being listened to in over 152 countries in this world. And as she said, my most recent accomplishment, being from Oakland, California, I am now a 2024 Grammy-nominated artist. When I leave here, I'm going to get in my car. I'm going to drive back home to Dublin, California, where my kids can ride their bicycles and play at the park with absolutely no worries in the world. But the truth is, when I leave here, I got to make it home. Because I'm a black man in America. And that means something. Being a black man in America means being my brother's keeper. Being a black man in America means being my brother's keeper while keeping a distance from some of my brothers because I don't trust them further than I can see them. It's feeling, experiencing, and believing that the cops don't give a damn about me. It's learning how not to doubt yourself because when you're born, everyone else already does. It's the love you have for your mother regardless of her flaws, and it's dealing with your daddy issues so your son doesn't have to. Being a black man in America is a gift. It's a blessing, a blessing God chose for me to receive because he believes I can handle it, but it's also a gamble. It's knowing every time you step outside, the world is a poker table, and whether you like it or not, your chips are all in. It is a grin you put on your face every time you feel pain just to let the world know they will not break you. Right after dropping down to your knees, praying to God, asking him to heal you because the pressure has gotten way too real. So you pop a couple of pills, but it still doesn't kill you. But what will is something as simple as going to the corner store without your pistol that's tucked on your mother's floorboard. Or what will is not detaching yourself from your best friend's dangerous lifestyle because your loyalty won't let you. Because you know, had he not been there when that incident went down, you may not be here right now. Being a black man in America is Prentice Powell knowing I could have easily been Mike Brown. Hands up in the air, screaming, don't shoot. Six bullets in my body, face down on the ground. It's to spend your days constantly trying to find ways of getting a fair swing at this game without having the umpire tell you you're out before you even step to the plate. It's to work minimum wage and be paid in Cracker Jacks as the whole world watches you with open eyes as you sift to get to the bottom of the box only to realize that there is no prize. It means that you can die. You can die. Uh, You can die with a pack of Skittles in your pocket. 
have your murderer acquitted, then deemed as a celebrity to participate in a boxing match against a washed-up drug addict who used to rap, have people look just like you pay to see it on pay-per-view and YouTube, even though it won't bring your life back. It means black boy, black boy, turn your music down, play it loud if you want. But that may be the last gas you ever pump. Being a black man in America means stay out of Florida. And I got a son who lives in Florida. It's telling your children not what they want, but what they need to hear. Being a black man in America is me telling my two boys at the age of 15 and 12, son, you have been feared. Being a black man in America is not knowing how to swim, yet still having to keep your head above water. It's learning how to patch up your boat while teaching your children how to stay afloat. It's the refrain from saying so many things that you want to say. It's knowing when to run fast and walk slow because I know between me and you in this country it's already a race to the grave. Being a black man in America is to literally possess everything that lacks in America. Why do you think they work so hard for us not to succeed? I'll tell you. Because we are hypochondriacs of the soul who bleed when we speak. Being a black man in America is a full-time job you will never see a single penny for. There are no breaks, no time off, no benefits. It is a lifelong commitment and an early death sentence to be a black man in America. It's to be a black man in America. And unless you are a black man in America, you will never understand what it's like to be a black man in America. But please do not pity us. Envy us, envy us, envy us. Because we are whole pieces of broken, some too shattered to care, and most of us, many of us, are just trying to put the pieces back together. Thank you. Yes. Prentice Powell. We sisters will help you put the pieces back together, won't we? We won't leave you hanging. Before I leave, I bring our last artist out. I'd like to tell you about some fun. Now, we have, you all have phones and you all have the QR code scanner on your phone. We need to hear from you. We have a survey. We need to hear from you and we need you to complete the survey before midnight because we, will, we have a total of four airline tickets available from United Airlines. So in the program, complete the entire survey. We have two first cabin certificates valid for travel between the U.S. 48 states, Alaska, Canada, Caribbean, Mexico, Central America, and Hawaii two economy cabin certificates valid for travel between those 48 states, Alaska, Canada, Caribbean, Mexico, and Central America, all courtesy of United Airlines, unrestricted coach class round-trip vouchers valued at $1,250. So if you'd like to win, pull out your phones, scan the QR codes. Now where are you going to find the QR codes? The, the scan in order to scan with your phone. They are available at the registration desk, the bars in our Heritage Lounge, and we have volunteers. Where are the volunteers who are walking around with the QR codes? 
because if all these people are want to win those tickets, they have to know where you are. Deanna, where are our volunteers? They're inside. So how will we know them? They'll be holding up something, the QR thingamajig scanner thing? Okay, fine. So how would you like to win those tickets? Okay. They'll choose a random winner. I don't think you need to be present to win, but we will contact you, okay? All righty. Now we're coming to a favorite part. You know, she ought to be the singer for San Francisco because at every event, she lifts our spirits. Ladies and gentlemen, she doesn't need a huge introduction, and I just want to hear her sing. Please welcome Dee Dee Simon. She's going to help bring us home. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for the songstress, Dee Dee Simon. Hey. How you guys doing? Sometimes when I come, I like to do it rough. But we gonna do it nice and easy. It's okay. If the good job in the city Working for the man every night and day But I never lost one minute of sleep Worry about the way things ought to be Oh, big wheels keep on turning Primary keep on burning, yeah Say we're rolling, rolling, y'all Rolling on the river, yeah. Cleaned a lot of plates in Memphis. Pumped a lot of chain down in New Orleans. But I never saw the good side of the city until I hitched a ride on the river road, Queen. Big wheels keep on turning Round Mary keep on burning yeah. Say we're rolling Rolling y'all yeah. Rolling on the river yeah. Say we're rolling Rolling y'all Yeah. 
who live. You don't need no money, I'm telling you, cause the people on the river already to give. steps. All right, we've come to the part where <laughs> I'm just happy everybody stayed until the very end. We had a lot of great talent, heard a lot of uplifting words. Do you feel inspired? Do you feel better than you did when you first came in? That we achieved success tonight. We want to also thank our uh, wonderful hosts, Mayor London Breed, Honorable Malia Cohen, Supervisor Walton, DA Brooke Jenkins, and everyone, especially all of our sponsors. We got music from the world famous Russell and C the mighty CJ Flash, the world famous. And we've got fabulous food and beverage sponsors. Try all their delicious food, drink all the beverages, have a wonderful time. Be sure to scan that QR code so we can take off in the friendly skies together. Good night, God bless. <laughs> <laughs>